Is it me? Or has the Democrat Party seemed to have abandoned the very principles that they seem to always be about? I mean, this rail union thing is a perfect example and puts the Democrats, I would just say, in a very awkward spot. A very awkward spot because they're supposed to be pro-union. And yet now, the President of the United States, Nancy Pelosi, Chuck Schumer, they are all coming forward and saying they're going to have to really push this one, maybe in ways they hadn't really thought they'd ever need to. Hello, welcome to the program, everyone. I am Trish Regan. It's good to have you here. Portions of the program are brought to you today by Legacy Precious Metals. If you want to invest in gold, yeah, I think you should for the long term anyway, for the long haul. This is one investment that typically holds its value over time. It has for thousands of years, right? So go check them out. LegacyPMInvestments.com is their website. LegacyPMInvestments.com. You can also go to the phone and give them a ring, one 560 We'll talk a little bit more about it coming up, but really this is is pretty remarkable. But what we're seeing here between the, the rail union and Washington, this is the Association of American Railroads. It's an industry group. And they said back in September that new contracts needed to, to show an increase of 24% in wages through the year 2024. That would be for the five years between 2020 20 and 2024, and that there would be a payout of $11,000 on average when the agreement was ratified. In addition, the agreement would have provided for more vacation time and more opportunity to manage a child's or family member's illness. So the problem here, though, is even though the White House stepped in and tried to help negotiate this whole deal. It's not enough for the workers themselves. And they're saying they want more. They want more in terms of flexibility on the vacation stuff and and given their unpredictable schedules and really grueling schedules, they say it really has taken such a toll on them and their personal lives and that they need to be able to have more flexibility. So whatever Biden did, it just wasn't enough. And as a result, he's now in the position of having to either stick by that agreement. I mean, it feels like the 1980s all over again, right? Between the inflation and now we're dealing with transportation, union breakdowns, the negotiations. Remember when, when Reagan said, okay, take a hike and, and he challenged those union workers? Well, what is, what is Biden going to do here? I mean, he, he wants to challenge them, because, but he simultaneously needs to avert a possible shutdown of the rail industry. I get this. I get that this is a concern. Right? I, I get that it's, it's challenging, but, you know, it perhaps speaks to why we shouldn't just have one show or just one game in town or a union running the entire shop. Either you, you get rid of the union or you... Um, you, you meet their demands. And I think that now Biden is finding himself in a very uncomfortable position because he's supposed to be pro-union, but he can't actually get this deal done. Tough luck. Hmm. <laughs> I want to turn to oil because this is another big story that we're watching very carefully and I happen to know a lot about. And that's the negotiations that have taken place with Venezuela. And now Chevron, the American oil company, is going to be able to get oil out of Venezuela for us and for the global market. I mean, let's be honest, Venezuela was actually shipping oil 
<laughs> under the radar anyway. So at least now you get an American company that's going to make a buck or two, and hopefully it will go to U.S. markets. But, 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 you see, the reason this is such a problem for the administration is we are now turning to the likes of Venezuela for oil instead of ourselves. And the Pentagon spokesperson went up there and stood in front of his podium and said, oh, you know, we would love to have more U.S. oil, but nobody actually wants to drill here in the U.S. Well, that is not entirely true at all, because the reason people don't want to drill is because the administration has made it so miserable and difficult to get the permission to actually drill. So at some point, companies say, okay, this just isn't worth it. We're going to give up and we're going to, we're going to take another tactic. We're going to take another route. So the administration kind of sensing, finally getting that, you know, the handwriting that was on the wall, which I've been saying all along that we don't have enough oil and it's going to be a problem. And we're going into winter. Well, if you ever want to get elected again, Joe Biden or any Democrat in office right now, you're probably going to have to fix this one. Some ways, somehow, you're going to have to manage this inflation, manage energy prices. So now they finally turn to Venezuela, which is just you know a couple hours from Miami, and they're like, okay, you know, they got all this oil. Well, they do have all this oil. I, I've been saying this for years that they are home to the biggest source of oil outside Saudi Arabia. Why didn't you guys figure that out a, a while ago? It's it's mind boggling. Um, but but still, why can't you figure out why U.S. companies don't want to drill on U.S. lands because of you, right? Because of you, Joe Biden, and you, the administration, and so now Americans are increasingly being put in yet again another vulnerable spot where we're reliant in some ways on another country. Big picture, I've made this case before, I'd kind of rather be reliant on a culture and a country that is more similar to us than, say, way over there in the Middle East. So I actually have long argued that there's a tremendous amount of potential, and given the West, the Monroe Doctrine, and this being right here in our own hemisphere, in the Western Hemisphere, we ought to be very aggressively trying to have a, a little more skin in the game down there in Venezuela. Makes sense, right? Just from a logical perspective, not that anybody in Washington is actually logical. So now this is this firestorm. And <laughs> I guess the, the punchline is that oil prices are still going up. So even though they found this little tiny solution, which could, if, if they wanted, if anybody had a couple brain cells, they could turn it into a, a big solution like it used to be. And maybe even with a little luck, we can have some influence on that country and on that administration and therefore help the people and get the oil, right? Like it's just one plus one is two, but oil prices are still going up because I think the market knows like, this is just, this is a bandaid. These guys don't know what they're doing and they're grasping at straws. They should have done this ages ago. They should have, the minute they came into the administration, figured out, okay, we got all this stuff going on with Russia, Ukraine. We're, we're dealing with mass inflation, the likes of which we never anticipated. Maybe, just maybe, we might want to, one, drill in the U.S., and two, find sources closer to home with cultures that are closer to home. 
hey, Canada, I mean, what about Canada? Can we not take a little more from Canada too? Anyway, uh, look, the inflation thing, it's going to keep happening. I am convinced of it. I think that we are going to be in for a more challenging fourth quarter. And as we go into the new year, 2023, it is kind of like, welcome back Carter, <laughs> which used to be, remember a television show spelled differently, of course, but this really does feel like the Jimmy Carter era all over again. I mean, Reagan was of course the unions and, and that whole airline thing, but, but this really, uh, we're, we're on the cusp of something more challenging. And so you need to protect yourself. It's one of the reasons why I encourage people to have a really diversified portfolio. And part of that diversification, really part of that diversification is having something like gold in your portfolio. I, I encourage you to take a look at it and importantly to call my friends over at Legacy Precious Metals. That's one 589 560 one 589 A really wonderful group there. And they can help you figure out how much gold you might need, how much is appropriate for you at this point in your in your life, whether you want a gold-backed IRA, which is a great option for some people, or whether you want the physical stuff in your house. I've said this before, you can put a million bucks worth of gold, who knew, in a shoebox. <laughs> Just make sure you have really good security. Anyway, call them today or go to LegacyPMInvestments.com. You can also go to LegacyPMInvestments.com slash Trish, and you can sign up for our next live event. It's all free. We're going to have a chance to get together and talk about some of these very big picture items on the macroeconomic scale, but also in a more micro way in terms of your own investing style. So go sign up at LegacyPMInvestments.com slash Trish or call them 1-866-589-0560. So there's just a lot of headwinds out there and the hits keep on coming. And now, you know, there's going to be another big to do there in Washington, D.C., because I believe Mark Meadows is going to be testifying. They're just going to drag this thing out over and over and over again. I mean, at some point, people get kind of numb to it and it loses the sort of punch that I believe it, it is so intended to have. But that's going to be, you know, in the in the news cycle again and again and again, because that's what they do, right? That's the go-to move. They can always go back to that. And this is how they think they're going to win no matter who they're up against come 2024. Increasingly though, you know, DeSantis is looking likely. You have um, Kemp who's out there. A few interesting Republicans that are, are, are making some waves. But I would say this, if Donald Trump goes through with this this whole campaign, and he said he's running, he's declared it, then he's probably going to be the nominee. He's probably going to be the nominee in 2024, and we're going to be setting up for a kind of redo, if you will. And just a quick note, I wanted to give a shout out to one of our great advertisers on the show. I do this every day, and it's for a, a product I really believe in because I care so much about my dog. And I know if you have a dog, you probably do too. It's a wonderful supplement called Rough Greens. It was started by naturopathic Dr. Dennis Black. And Dr. Black, he wants to make sure that every single dog on this planet, certainly in this country, has access to the best nutrition. And this supplement gives your dog the best nutrition. Plus, it tastes really good, which comes in handy, you know, when you're trying to get your dog to eat. 
This you sprinkle a little bit of rough greens on and you are set. My dog Fluffy, he absolutely positively loves it. And I encourage you to give it a try. I, I know your dog's going to love it. And I know you're going to love it yourself because if you're like me, you want to make sure that your dog is healthy. And this is how you can get that assurance. Just take a look at the ingredients on there. All kinds of digestive enzymes, all kinds of vitamins and minerals, all the things that a dog needs, especially when, you know, eating that dead food from the store shelves. This turns that dead food into real live nutrients. So go get some today. Oh, Dr. Black has a free trial bag for you just for fans of this program. If you go to roughgreens.com today, again, roughgreens.com, you get it, roughgreens.com and sign up. So you get your free trial bag. All you have to do is pay for shipping. And I know your little furry friend is going to love it. Mine did. And, and he is a picky eater. I'm not kidding. Anyway, wonderful to have you here as always. Do make sure you sign up for my newsletter. Trishintel.com is my website. Trishintel.com. You get all kinds of news items from there and invites to special free exclusive events with me and the experts. Go to Trishintel, sign up, and I'll see you here tomorrow.